Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast from P-Town. Hope everybody's been having a good week. Uh, tonight, I this is kind of an impromptu podcast. I was trying to think of something to talk about and finally settled down on this. And tonight we're going to talk about the history of the American Quarter Horse and do the fact that this is really impromptu. It's probably going to be another shorter episode. Um that you could do a lot of different episodes on the American Quarter Horse or horses in general. So this is kind of an overview of the American Quarter Horse and the breed and whatnot and what they're used for. And as I think I've mentioned before, a lot of my life I've been spent riding horses. I think I was riding horses before I could actually walk. And remember sometimes just being real, real little, me and my mom and my brother would take off over the hills. I'd be sitting in front of my mom and my brother would be hanging on behind, riding her old mare Fancy up and over the hills and whatnot. We, she was a great horse, one of the horses that I ended up showing and roping off of uh, as I got a little bit older. But horses have always been a pretty big part of our lives, a great animal to have around and whatnot. A lot of times they say, the best thing for the inside of a man is the outside of a horse, and I found that to be true a lot over the years. But let's go ahead and get into this. So in the 1600s, they were bringing in English thoroughbreds. They started to import those into the eastern seaboard of the United States. And one of the most famous ones was a horse by the name of Janus, and he was a grandson of the Godolphin, Godolphin Arabian horse. And the Godolphin Arabian was one of the three major horses that kind of founded the thoroughbred breed but Janus he was foaled in 1746 and he was brought into the U.S. in 1756 and Janus's genes they were crucial to the development of what they called the colonial quarter horse and the horse that was resulting out of this uh, bloodlines and whatnot was noted as being small hardy and quick and they were used as a workhorse during the week and then they were used as a racehorse on the weekends. And with the racing, it started to gain popularity, and these horses started becoming, or these colonial quarter horses, they started becoming popular as sprinters in these races. And the races, they were usually no more than a quarter of a mile long, thus the name. And that's kind of what they were calling the quarter horses, even though they weren't actually a breed, a recognized breed yet. And then in the 19th century, it came, came the time of the westward expansion when the settlers started moving out west. And the settlers, they were encountering a lot of horses that came from the Spanish stock of horses that were in that area that were brought over by Hernan Cortez and different conquistadors that they had occupied the southwestern United States and Mexico when they were doing the Spanish colonials, colonialization. And Hernan Cortez, by the way, he was a guy that he was leading an expedition into Mexico that caused the fall of the Aztec in, Empire which another, by the way, is that the Aztec was an Indian tribe, and it said that they were gotten their roots from right here in Oregon from the Shoshone tribe. Some of the Shoshone Indians had moved down there, and that's what actually started the uh, Aztec Empire. It, that's according to the Thunder Over the Ochikos books. But anyhow, with the horses, many of the colonial horses, they were uh, getting bred to these what they called Mustangs, or other horses that had been domesticated by the Native Americans. And they found that this crossbreed of work, of horses, they were born with a natural cow sense, is what they called it. It made the horses popular for cattlemen because they were good with working around the cows and with the cows and whatnot. 
So then now is when we kind of start getting into where the quarter horse became a recognized breed. It was uh, the recognized breed was being developed by many of uh, the sires. They included a horse by the name of Steel Dust. He was foaled in 1843. Shiloh was foaled in 1844. Old Cold Deck in 1862. Lox Rondo was foaled in 1880. And then one of the most famous foundation sires was a horse by the name of Peter McHugh, which was foaled in 1895. And he was actually registered as a thoroughbred, but his pedigree, it was disputed. But he was one of the foundational horses of the quarter horse bloodline, even though he was a thoroughbred. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. Although horses like Peter McHugh, though the, they were racehorses, the breed was gaining momentum in the West for working with cattle, going back to kind of that natural cow sense that they had. So major ranches like the King Ranch, the Four Sixes Ranch, the Wagoner Ranch, they started playing a role in the development of the quarter horse. And the other thing with the quarter horses, this is when rodeo contestant or rodeo contests started coming about. And although the rodeos today are different from what they were back then, the quarter horse is still probably the main breed that's used in this sport. And a little bit about that back in those days, the rodeo events that we see today, you know, like saddle bronc riding and those types of things were just cowboys doing what they do you know they needed a horse broke and rode to ride so a lot of times back in those days they'd ride a saddle bronc horse they wouldn't hang on for just the eight seconds you know they'd ride it until the horse was done bucking and calf roping you know that was essential to having to vaccinate calves and whatnot during uh their time is out there on the ranch and so a lot of the different uh, events and rodeo came from actual usages that they were doing on the ranches back in the day but so racing horses, it was still popular and it was becoming a way to get money for the different breeders around. They were trying to breed the best and fastest horses. So along with this, they started adding more thoroughbred into the bloodlines because like I said, the quarter horses were known as sprinters, but thoroughbreds had always been known as more of kind of a long distance horse, not like the Arabians or some of those, but they were more of a long distance racing horse. And that's also kind of where the quarter horse benefited from was having Arabian, Morgan, and saddle or standard bred bloodlines also brought into it. So it seems like it was kind of a mixture of the best aspects of a lot of different breeds, maybe. But then around 1940, the AQHA was finally formed, which is obviously the American Quarter Horse Association. And it was founded by a group of horsemen and ranchers from the southwestern United States, and they wanted to preserve the pedigrees of their ranch horses. And in 1941, a stallion that was known as Wimpy, he won the Fort Worth Exposition and uh, Fat Stock Show, and he was registered as P1. So he was the, actually the first horse that was registered as a quarter horse. And he was a descendant of the horse from the King Ranch known as Old Sorrel. And then other horses that were still alive at the start of the AQHA, they started to put them into the stud books and whatnot. Horses like Joe Reed, who is P3, Chief, who is P5, Oklahoma Star, P6, Cowboy was P12, which I had a horse named Cowboy. His actual registered name was Terrific's Cowboy. And then Wagoner's Rainy Day of P13. And then there were also a lot of uh, thoroughbred horses that were still alive in these days. And they were recognized in the AQHA Hall of Fame. And one of the most significant ones that was registered as a foundation sire, his name was Three Bars. 
and I've had horses that actually go back to his bloodlines as well. And then a few of the other thoroughbreds that were famous within the AQHA were Rocket Bar, Top Deck, and Depth Charge. Now we can talk about some of the different types of quarter horses. Uh, what With the quarter horse breeding, you have what's called appendix horses and foundation horses. So the AQHA stud book, it remained open to additional thoroughbred blood via what they called a performance standard. And that's where the appendix quarter horses came from. These horses, they're... Uh, they're a first generation cross between a registered thoroughbred and a quarter horse or a cross between a numbered quarter horse and an appendix quarter horse. So these horses, can, they can be entered into quarter horse competitions and whatnot, but their offspring aren't eligible for full AQHA registration. But remember the performance standard that I talked about. If one of the horses meets certain conference conformational criteria and is shown or raced successfully in sanctioned AQHA events, then the horse can go from the appendix into the permanent stud book, and that would allow their offspring to be eligible for AQHA registration. So that was one way to get them in there. And so then that leaves us with the foundational quarter horses. And this comes from a number of different breeders argued that the continued addition of thoroughbred bloodlines were beginning to compromise the integrity of the breed standard. So those horses, they can trace their lineage back to the horses that were the foundation sires like wimpy and uh some of those guys to i guess kind of keep it more traditional today the quarter horses are they're used in pretty much everything that you would use horses for and people use them from basic trail riding all the way up to mounted police units they use them obviously like i said in a lot of different rodeo events and then they can they are also used in like dressage and jumping type of events and one of the reasons the breed is so versatile and whatnot it's they're a rather calm horse and it makes them a great family horse as well. It I know they're a lot more. They seem to be a lot more level-headed horse than some of the others out there, like maybe some of the Arabs and whatnot. With this, the breed it's also gained worldwide popularity. And actually, the second largest registry of quarter horses is in Brazil, and then it's followed by Australia and the AQHA registry, which is the one we use here in the United States and in Canada as well. They've had, or they had nearly 3 million quarter horses registered worldwide as of 2014. So that's a lot of hay burners. So the, the physical characteristics of the quarter horses, they're usually 14 to 16 hands, which a hand is measured as four inches. And so the quarter horses, they're about 14 to 16 hands where horses such as like the thoroughbreds and whatnot a lot of those will be you know 16 to 17 hands and then you get into some of the warm breeds like Hanoverians you know they'll get a lot bigger than that and then obviously you have your draft horses like your Belgians and your Shires and stuff and those will be 20 plus hands and some of those different breeds they the quarter horse they also have a more muscular body and a kind of stockier uh, horses than horses like the thoroughbred are and that's one of the th things that makes them good for working with cattle or like roping and stuff like that if you're team roping and you need to lug a steer off or drag a steer and whatnot you want a horse with a little bit more muscle and a little bit more stability to handle that type of work I guess you'd call it and then the average life expectancy of the quarter horse is about 25 years but I've got one outside right now that I think is 26 or 27 years and they even talk about back in the Greek days obviously this doesn't just pertain to quarter horses but they've talked of horses living to like 50 years old 
And I think one thing from that, this is just a little side note is back then in those days, they never shooed their horses. And so the horse, they've got a part of their foot called the frog. And when you shoe your horses, it kind of keeps that up off of the ground. And I think it actually helps the horse's blood circulation and whatnot to, for their soul to hit flat on the ground and stuff and kind of helps the circulation. But that's just a kind of a side note and a little theory that I had. But the only real downside to quarter horses, if there is one, is they're prone to certain different health issues. There's one disease that quarter horses will get. It's called HYPE, which stands for hyperkalemic periodic paralysis. And this issue, it can be traced back to a stallion known as Impressive. And I think he was around during the late 1960s. And this, it can cause uncontrollable muscle twitching, muscle weakness, or even paralysis. And they've tried to breed this out of a lot of horses. And I think horses that are traced back to it, they're something that they, they're not allowed to do enter into some breeding programs or something like that. I know that there, I wasn't able to, like I said, this was kind of impromptu, so I wasn't able to research that a whole lot. Another problem that the quarter horses have is called polysaccharide storage myopathy. And this causes uh, damage to the muscle tissue, and it can also cause stiffness and pain. And in humans, we call this old, because I pretty much wake up every day with stiffness and pain. And then quarter horses are also prone to malignant hypothermia, or hyperthermia, which makes them susceptible to a state of abnormally high metabolic activity, which results in high temperature, increased heart rate, rapid breathing. So obviously, that's not good for the horse's life. But and I'm not sure. I think I know hype. I think is just for just with quarter horses. I'm not sure if those other uh, health issues go uh, across different breeds or not. But they're definitely uh, health concerns with quarter horses. But with the quarter horses, I've been out of it for quite a few years. But there's been a lot of really famous quarter horses over the past years. There was obviously Wimpy, who was the first actual registered quarter horse. And then there was another horse by the name of Poco Bueno, and he was an excellent cow horse. And a lot of people, they'll brag that this horse is double Poco Bueno, or another one was Doc Bar, that this horse is double Doc Bar, which means that they bloodlines go back to one of those horses on both sides through the sire and through the dam. But Poco Bueno, he was the first horse to actually be insured for $100,000. And then there's been a huge list of famous quarter horses over the years, but some of them that people might know are horses like I listed, like Poco Bueno, uh, Doc Bar, Jet Deck, Joe Hancock, Pepe San, and the list goes on and on. And a lot of the time breeders will, you know, like Pepe San horses, I think were good cutting horses. And then your Jet Deck horses were good for race horses. The Doc Bars were good for cow horses and that type of thing. So a lot of people will look back into the horse's bloodlines depending on what they're planning on using the horse for. We always used our horses for basically a lot of trail riding. We did some showing and working with cows and that type of thing. And so the horse, the quarter horse, it's probably one of the more versatile breeds out there. And like I warned you from the beginning, this is kind of going to be a short one. This is just a really brief overview of the quarter horse breed. And to just kind of add a little information out there that some people may not know about. And that so that's pretty much all I have for this one. So you can uh, go ahead and 
Follow me on Facebook at Podcast from P-Town. You can find me on Instagram at P-Town Podcast. You can send me an email at ptownpodcast74 at gmail.com. Especially if you are a horse person, I'd love to hear about your experience with horses and whatnot. And we could share some stories back and forth. We, like I said, I've spent years and years on the back of a horse riding up over the hills and showing and that type of thing. And that's pretty much it for this one. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks a lot.